What's up everyone? Hope you're doing well. Just wanted to quickly drop by here and, and announce the big, big thing which, we, which we've been working on very, very hard uh, with the Heldzilla team, which is obviously the release of our Android version. You can now find us uh, in Google Play, so do make sure you go and download um, the Heldzilla app, even in, in Google Play, onto your Android phone. Try out the new uh, fingertip stress can and start building your healthy habits right now. We would obviously like to get your feedback on the app on Android as well. Do do um, send it out to us, and that would be much much appreciated. This week's episode is an awesome one, absolutely incredible discussion with uh, with with an incredible guest as well. Um, so hope you do enjoy this week's episode of Heldzilla Weekly. Here is Heldzilla Weekly number nineteen with Michael Lint. Three, two. One. Welcome. This is Heltilla Weekly episode number 19, coming out to you live from Singapore, cloudy Singapore, a bit um, cooler today, which may, makes it a, an excellent day for um, you know running and working out outside. Hopefully you are staying healthy and sane wherever you are in the world. Uh, in many countries, the lockdowns are starting to lift up, uh, which is great from a mental health perspective for a lot of people. Uh, do make sure you do stay safe um, in any case because obviously the risk of of the infection spreading um, as the lockdowns are are lifting can be a bit bit higher so do stay safe um, respect others wear a mask and all that um, uh, to play it safe Uh, this week uh, we are we are going to dive in deep into the topic of how to really build your own like superhuman through um, healthy habits through heavy workouts and through like balancing out life in all of its aspects. It's going to be a very interesting discussion. This is especially close to my own heart um, as well, because that's sort of something that, that I've strived towards, um, towards achieving for a long, long um, times as well. And for that, we have a special guest uh, today with us. His name is Michael Lint. Michael is a partner at Golden Gate Ventures, an investor, a philanthropist, um, keynote speaker, and he has built a successful startup with his friends, sold it, and set up his own venture fund back in a day, eventually moving to Singapore in 2013. And he is one of the, <laughs> one of the, the, the fittest persons I actually know, like no questions asked. He's a, he's a very good endurance athlete and does uh, triathlons and Ironman competitions, marathons, cycling races, you name it. He's, he, uh, he does it all. How are you, Mike? Welcome to the uh, to the podcast. Hi. Um, thanks. Thanks for thanks for having me, Nico. It's good to be here. Fabulous. Now, Michael, uh, it would be great to get your own sort of background um, in terms of what drives you. How did you get into endurance sports, and you know, where did you come from? Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm Dutch, born and raised, um, but heritage is from the Dutch Caribbean. So uh, my parents uh, born and raised in, uh, in Aruba. Um, but I, I spent um, uh, a bigger part of my life in, in the Netherlands. Um, got into sports actually pretty early, um, mainly because I just like, you know, following sports and, and like to stay fit. Uh, but to be honest, I was a bit of a chubby kid. Um, so my dad was like, you need to get fit. Uh, this was when I was, I think, what, nine eight or nine and um so decided to start with uh, with martial arts 
Um, so in my, my, my earlier days, um, started with judo uh, and then moved on to karate. And that's how, um, that's how sport became a, became a very important part of my life. Um, eventually when I, um, because karate was, was a, a very big part of my, my youth, uh, was part of the Dutch national squad. Mm. Um, one of the uh, difficult things was to combine, um, you know, training sessions, um, international tournaments uh, with school. So at some point, uh, my, my dad did ask me to um, make a decision between uh, finishing school and, and getting a proper job or, or staying into martial arts. Uh, decided on the first. So I went to school. Um, it also meant that I couldn't train as much as I as I'd like to. Um, so I picked up running. And, and running is, is the one thing that has stuck with me for the last um, well, at least uh, 20 years. That is, that is it, it does sound very, very familiar to, uh, to myself as well. It's an awesome background into how, how you got into, um, you know, endurance training um, at the, uh, as well. Now, obviously, because you live a very sort of, or other people like external people could say that you live a very busy life. You have, um, you're running um, a venture capitalist fund. You are, uh, you know, you have a beautiful family. Um, you live here in Singapore, and then you you fit all um, that quite a lot amounts of training in, into into your life as well. How I mean, how do you how are you able to do that? How, what are some of some of your key tricks towards uh, building this balance to your life? Um, yeah, f I think for me, be because life is so extremely busy. Uh, yeah, two kids, um, um, quite a quite a demanding quite a demanding job. Um, which well, not now, but. Uh, usually also includes a lot of travel um, and, and the travel is, is globally, so different time zones. So for me, it's, it's essential to stay uh, fit, uh, just to have, you know, uh, sort of stay focused and have a sharp mind, but also mm. feel fit when you, you know, go into meetings, need to make tough decisions um, and, and work and work long hours. So that's, that's something that, that is, you know, extremely important. So that's why I, you know, sacrifice other things to, to make sure that, that I'm able to stay fit. So the one thing I, I try to do is, um, you know, get up, get up in, get up early in the morning, um, to do like a one or two, two hour trading session is either, you know, getting on the bike with some friends or, or doing some running or, you know, hitting the pool and, and doing some laps or some core training. And it just feels that I am like 10 steps ahead when, when I start my day like this. Um, it feels I'm just sharper. I'm just more on the ball. Um, it really makes it easier for me to um, uh, to focus throughout the day and and sort of keep up this um, this way of living. It, it does mean that you know you have to sacrifice uh, some other stuff. So you know um, when you get up at four or five in the morning, um, it's difficult to stay out late. You know at the one or two a.m. Uh, because you have to get some have to get some sleeping hours as well. Uh, so it does mean you know sacrificing something on the on the social side, but I do feel that having sort of that anchor um, in terms of you know endurance sports it really helps me sort of you know deal with these long long days and then kind of deal with a uh, with a demanding job. I fully agree with you, and there's some some excellent points you raised there um, in in terms of simply prioritizing what is important uh, in your life as well. Is it to watch Netflix um, until? midnight or you know going out with uh, with friends uh, to a bar uh, drinking something and, and and even though that might be fun and there there are obviously events and places for for that type of activity as well it is still 
not sustainable if you want to like really perform at a high level day in and day out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I, I for me, it it always feels about um, it's always about you know what are the choices that you make during the day, and I think even these small choices would have would have an effect longer term. And I think the good, the good part is if you, uh, if you talk to a lot of you know, in, endurance athletes or people that are in, into endurance sports and also have a demanding life because a lot of people that do, for instance, you know, a half Ironman or a full Ironman, but it's people that have regular jobs or, have, or just have demanding jobs. So they, they, need to, they need to kind of manage that. Hmm. And it all boils down to um, you know, kind of making the right decision and, and the right choices at, at the right time. So yeah, it, which does mean that you, know, you cannot have it all within a day. So if, if exercise is important to you, make that conscious decision to spend time exercising and say, you know, I'll, I'll block this one or two hours specifically to do, to do my exercise as opposed to doing something else. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what, is, what is difficult is if you have a busy day, it is so easy to slip into um, you know, the moment and say, you know, you know what, um, I'll, I'll skip training for today and, and I'll just have a beer or you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make it up tomorrow. Um, it, I think I've, I've learned, but also martial arts helped me with that is, you know, that just kind of leads to it becoming sort of a sliding skill um, because there's always, I can do this tomorrow or I can do this another day. Whilst if you say, no, I'm going to stick with it and do it now, it gives you an even bigger achievement. For me, the, the best training days are whenever I say in the morning, like, oh, I'm too exhausted for this bike ride. and I, And I, totally kill it and I feel exhausted that's kind of the best accomplishment that you can have because you kind of over one um, you know sort of that lazy feeling that you don't want to get into an exercise today and then you still eventually do it um, so that, 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 that always helps and I think that really a, um, a thing of um, getting your mindset right and, and getting getting the mentality right absolutely absolutely and it, it is um, I fully agree with you with, with the fact that you know, sometimes when you do feel like not working out and you still go and work out, it's just the, the feeling after the workout is simply mind, mind blowing um, because of the endorphins and, and that, that sense of accomplishment as well. Because it is like um, many, many, like whatever you call it, like personal uh, coaches and stuff like that say that we should all do something really hard every single day because that sort of develops our resiliency muscle at the same time. But I guess the, the workout um for you is like a non-negotiable thing it, it is the training session is something that you don't that like you do not give up no matter what right no i've been i've been steadily exercising for at least the last 15 to 20 years 20 years mm-hmm. um you know i've i've had you know kind of shorter breaks but yeah this is something i just don't compromise on um, again, I, I think the, the the reward that you get from um, from doing these exercises is phenomenal. Um, and but for me, there's also a social aspect to it. So yeah, if if you um, are able to you know work out in a group or or you know um, run with it with a small with a small crew, um, there's a bit of a social aspect to it as well. Where you're kind of running with, with like-minded friends and um, you're kind of having a conversation. Um, a lot of you know people always used to say that. Sort of you know golf would be sort of the best the best activity in terms of uh, networking uh, but I, I have a lot of friends even in business that that came through cycling um, so you know I, I say there's definitely more options than just golf um, 
so yeah, again, it's it's it is not just about um, you know fit, but you can use it sort of kind of com as a compromise for uh, for any sort of you know lack of social activity uh, per se. Absolutely, and and that that's a very good point um, as well. It is. The, uh, I've had the same experience myself through uh, ice hockey and CrossFit, um, especially through ice like surprisingly how someone playing ice hockey in Singapore, which is not known for its ice hockey um, yeah. uh, circles. I've actually met like a lot of people which, who are like really good business connections at the same time, because obviously a lot, lot of the expats here in Singapore who do play ice hockey and they are, they've had their own companies and some work in, in large multinationals and so forth. So actually saying that, you know, doing sports or working out or whatnot is actually away from your, your social time with your friends or, or, or whatnot. That's, that's actually just a fallacy. It's not, it's not really true. I guess, you know, you, you can go out and, and run by yourself, but if you really want to, then there are so many options out there, such as, you know, cycling in groups or running in, you know, running clubs or doing CrossFit with a, with a group setting or playing your favorite sport or whatnot. So that really cannot be the excuse of, of not, not training or not yeah. working out. And what one one good example is I did uh, this was like just before just before we went into lockdown is I I had a half Ironman in uh, in Oman mm -hmm. um, in February and we have a lot of business relationships in in Oman um, uh, as a firm so I literally made it made it a combination where I had two days of work uh, where I just had back to back meetings uh, some good conversations. And then the funny part was that one of the people that I met was in the same Ironman as I. Oh, I nice! Yeah, yeah. So it was great to have you know dinner, catch up, uh, have a chat, do the art, do the Ironman together, and then at the end, you know, we kind of use it as a mixture of you know sort of personal conversations and business conversations. It's, it's a great way for me again to connect on a different level uh, with people as opposed to just having a, just having a drink. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, now one of one of the the interesting aspects you touched touched upon as well, which is comes from your your you, you know your cycling groups and cycling crews who you've uh, met and made all these um, business um, uh, networks through cycling. So, what I've sort of noticed is that a lot of high performing uh, people uh, do actually do some sort of endurance sport. Um, have you noticed the same, or is is, is there a, is there a trend there? Um, yeah, I, th I think I think there's definitely been a trend. I, I, for me, it's been around just the the positive the positive impact. And, mm. and one one example would be my, my first half Ironman in Hawaii in mm. 2017. Um, so I so I had no idea what kind of you know half Ironman was about. I've been running for a long time, so I, I did did do marathons. Marathon is, is feels a little bit more. Um, um, like an individual sports, I, I feel yeah. that, for instance, the community uh, within the Ironman is, is 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 big, and it's it's really a community. Um, so I, when I arrived at Hawaii and um, and got got to the um, uh, to the hotel where the event was held and the starting point was, it was just incredible that people you know were that didn't know each other were having dinner together. Um, you know, conversations, giving each other, giving each other tips. Mm. Um, even until this day, you know, I, I still stay in touch with people. We talk about nutrition, but the main thing from that is it, it just inspires you. I had one, one guy. So the last half Ironman I did in Hawaii, I, I traveled alone, mm. and uh, one guy said, "Hey, you know, why didn't you bring a family?" I said, "It's a bit of a long trip coming from Singapore," and he immediately said, "You know what? 
why don't you have dinner with, with me and my family? Uh, you know, wow. we, can, we, can, we can talk about the race day and uh, sort of, you know, get acquainted with the, with, 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 uh, with the course. Mm. And uh, we had a lot of, lot of debate about uh, nutrition. And for me, it was so inspiring that, you know, someone that I ran, randomly met, we were sharing notes about, you know, nutrition, preparing, um, how to avoid grams, um, how do you do your nutrition during the race. Um, you learn so much and you get so inspired. Those become, you know, new friends. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it becomes a business friend. But the good part is that, for instance, I got more inspired to look for uh, nutrition options, for, for example. I got more inspired to be tracking my sleep and using the data uh, to improve on my sleep. So I think that the community aspect is, is become so important and that it is, it is more than just, you know, competing against yourself and with finishing time, mm. just leveraging that community um, to your own, you know, just to make yourself a better person is, uh, is, is phenomenal. Oh, it is, and it, it and you, you are touching a such a valuable point there. Um, no matter which which type of community or what it, whatever is your sport, some some might have it. You know, doing Zumba classes, or like myself, I enjoy, enjoy doing CrossFit and all, and all that. It, it is a community which actually can motivate you to uh, to to level up your game, not just in in the sport you're doing, but obviously in other aspects of life. Um, at the same time. Now, what, what, what's very intriguing to me about, about the, the triathlon um, Ironman community, which you mentioned about, is, is that there's that global aspect of it. I mean, you, it, it isn't sort of limited into one country or whatnot. It, there is a, like a global community around it. And then when you do go into the races um, and then you meet these, these uh, inspiring people, that's simply awesome. Because if you compare that to um, something like CrossFit, which is awesome, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I get pushed um, every day at, at the box um, for sure by, by, by the, um, the, the local people there. But there isn't that, that global aspect, even though it is there, but it's not as, as evident as for, uh, for, for example, Ironman. And I, 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 guess, I guess, you know, because in life, this is a cliche, but in life, um, you need to surround yourself. I, I like this, this saying that you need to surround yourself with so-called better people than yourself, because the people that you, you surround yourself with, you will actually become closer to, right? And, and to their level at, at the same time. So I'm, I'm sure you've had... Uh, well, as per what you just explained, you've had a similar experience to uh, to this as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 funny that the, um, the I I learned this in in, in martial arts. The fear is always that the moment you are not the smartest person in the room, or the moment that you are not the strongest athlete, but you're surrounded by people that are that are stronger than you, it, it becomes very intimidating. Um, I always I always tell people that you, you need to embrace that. Uh, because eventually it, it really makes yourself a um, a better person in the end. Um, you, you just you just learn faster. Your your learning curve will increase tenfold by um, just hanging around people that are that are just better, smarter uh, than yourself. Because you just soak up all of that, you know, whether it's energy or intelligence or whatever it is. And I remember that my first time was so funny. So when I first bought a bicycle in Singapore a mm-hmm. um, few, few years ago, so the guy at the cycling store, Calvin, became a very good friend. And he said, I have this cool race in uh, Malaysia, in Ipoh. Why don't you join? And mind you, I never cycled more than um, like, like 40 kilometers in one stretch. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, what is, what is this race about? He said, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty informal. It's going to be fun. Just, just join. So I signed up. 
and we went with a small with a small group, um, all people that are related to the bicycle store. And it ended up being a 160 kilometer bike ride <laughs> with, with rolling hills. Smooth and landing. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in so much pain. And I was like, I am never going to do this again. And I think I um so they finished in I think they finished in about like close to five hours. I came in two hours later. Uh, yeah. because I had to like get get off and on the bike. I was just exhausted and I just mm. couldn't couldn't pedal anymore. But the funny thing is, you know, if if I would have to cycle like 160 kilometers a day, I would be fine. So it's it's so funny that even though I um I took a leap of faith and said, you know, I'll do this, um, I think I'll be fine. Um you just you just learn and excel and just make yourself better. So I I just got into like I want to get I want to get better in, at the cycling stuff. I'm going to do it more. I'm going to do longer rides. I'm going to ride with better people. And even if you ride with better people and you get dropped during a ride, it's not fun, but you can just get better and better um, the more you the more you go at it. So I always encourage people to, even though it, it feels scary um, and it, it could make you insecure, um, I always encourage people to just, you know, go at length to surround yourself with people that, that you um, see as, as, as better than you. Absolutely. I fully, fully agree with you. Now, that sort of leads, leads into quite nicely um, to one of my favorite topics about um, endurance sports, which is the connection towards mental resiliency. Um, how, how do, you, has, do you think that endurance sports has helped you in terms of building up your mental resiliency as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even the, um, just, uh, every single ride or every single run that is tough, um, becomes a mental game. Mm. Um, it is. It is. Of course, you have to be fit, uh, but it's, it becomes less about physics. Any any average cyclist, if if you know an average cyclist and myself would cycle, we would both finish um, 160 kilometers. The level of pain you go through, you know, after that 100 kilometer, or the level of pain you go through when finishing a marathon, those last seven kilometers are harder than the first 20. So it means that mentally you have to go through a barrier where you're you're saying to yourself okay i'm going to push my body and my mind a bit more to to finish this race mm. and with every long cycling ride with every you know an, an endurance run um you always have that same mental mental moment and it, it just translates to business it just translates to daily life so what you learn in sports and the re- resilience that you get there um, it, it immediately influences how you um, how you just act in, in, in sort of in normal life. So it's definitely been beneficial for me that I've been through a few of those moments, and I just have the mentality that I do not want to give up ever. Um, and that kind of you know I, I hopefully um, can translate it to um, to my kids as well. But it's, it is the mentality that I just do not want to give up ever, and that comes from sports. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what what what's what are some of you some of your hardest moments in in your like, for example, triathlons or marathons that you've had to really find that mental toughness in yourself? Um, well, basically, the my 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 first half Ironman in Hawaii when um, I, I'm I am a lot of triathletes don't like swimming, um, mm. and for me it it was a bit further. I'm just like really a bad swimmer, so I was. Um, this was like an uphill battle where I had to find a way to complete a uh, this is like a 1.9 kilometer swim 
yeah. um, in open water uh, with, with you know people next to you, uh, you know, feet in your face, uh, kicking and stuff. Um, and I had I had to overcome that by just mentally saying, okay, Mike, you're confident, you can do this. Um, keep pushing, don't give up. You can do this. You're almost there. It was like a constant mental battle um, uh, throughout the one one point nine kilometer uh, swim. And and then even if if you get to the final part of the race where you know you, you run the half marathon, you know, everything everything in your body just aches, and and you, your body tells you to stop. It tells you to stop. So the one thing I I've learned to do is um, is I get into my own zone, um, and I just literally go just very deep into myself and use it as a way to extremely focus on just getting to the end result. Yeah. I do piece by piece. So for instance, I take it for the last run, which is always the toughest one. I take it kilometer per kilometer. Uh, so whenever I'm exhausted, I just say to myself, okay, Mike, um, on to the next kilometer. And then you're at 16. Okay, you're at 16 now. On to the next kilometer. Then you'll be at 17. You're almost there. Okay, you're at 17 now. On to the next kilometer. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really helps me, sort of, you know, bit by bit um, get, get, get to the end. So this was one of the toughest one was for, yeah, the first, the first half I did in Hawaii was in terms of mental mm -hmm. toughness was definitely one of, one of the toughest ones. Absolutely. Now, and, and then when, when you do overcome that mental discussion with yourself and that, that physical pain, uh, and then when you actually eventually get to the finish line, the, the rewards are quite massive, aren't they? The, the endorphin rush and the, the emotional like reward is quite, the, the rush is quite, um, quite high, right? Yeah, the, 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 first thing, the first thing you'll say, say to yourself is like, I can't believe that I did this. And I, yeah, I just can't exactly. believe that I've, I've been able to, uh, to literally overcome you know, everything, like the pain, uh, yeah. you know, the, the cramps, uh, fighting with nutrition, um, so everything. And it's, it is, it is so much coming together in, in those, in those few hours. Um, again, it's, it's really a mental challenge. So finishing that is, it, it gives you that immediate energy boost right after. Yeah. But even longer term, you know, you can always go back to like, I did this and I was able to complete it. So why couldn't I, you know, pick up any other challenge or, oh. you know, be, yeah, it just, it just gives you that, that confidence that you need. Absolutely. That, that, that sort of reminds me, um, I'm not, have you, have you read uh, David Goggins' um, Can't Hurt Me? Oh, no, I haven't, haven't read it, no. Um, so, so David Goggins, I'm sure you know him, he's, a, he's an ultra, ultra runner. Yes, um, yes. Uh, so he talks about this cookie jar, uh, which is exactly the same piece what you just mentioned michael um which is simply that okay this this accomplishment this feat of running 50k or whatever it is you you can now put it into your cookie jar and whenever you face a tough challenge in life you can always look at that jar and say that i've done it again let's i can do it do it um this time around at the same time too that's such a good analogy as well now i do i do remember um i'm obviously only taking baby steps in terms of uh, endurance sports compared to yourself. But um, uh, my, my sort of um, love to endurance sports um, was born in September 2018. So uh, just under two years ago when I ran the 50K MSIG uh, Action Asia trail run here in Singapore. Um, 
It was, and all of that, it had the, the, the whole plan that it, it's, it's just going to be the, the practice run to the Singapore Marathon a few months later. Um, and I had only done um, a 25K run previously. So that was the, the longest I had ever run in my life. Um, and my, my ex-wife was like, are you crazy? You're, you're going to try to run 50? Um, after that, I was like, yeah, yeah, let, I'll, I'll just go ahead and try to do it. My, my mentality was that I'll just, you know, just run. And if, 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 if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. So as long as I'll yeah. just take it as a practice run. But then I, I had a good groove and, and everything went well. I, I was chunking it up but as per what you mentioned. So I, I decided, okay, I'm just going to run five kilometers at a time. Next five, next five. And then, and, you know, when you've run enough five Ks, then suddenly you've done it all. Um, and I can, I can remember the, the final stretch um, when, when I could see the finish line. I was like, I, I, I have not ever in my life experienced such a high. I mean, the, the, the emotional rush and, and the, the endorphin rush was so, was so high that I actually started weeping when I, when I sort of uh, jumped to the finish line. It was, it was such, a, such an incredible uh, feat. I was like, I could never, because I, I had used to think that I, I, I'm not a runner and I'm not an endurance athlete. I like weights and all that stuff. But then I sort of broke my own mental barriers once and for all and it was such an awesome high for and and that sort of triggered my love to uh to endurance sports for sure yeah 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 it's, uh, i i i definitely recognize the the, the weeping moment uh, <laughs> yeah when you're close when you're close uh, closer to finish absolutely now recently uh michael you uh you you took this very interesting challenge was it it was last weekend wasn't it um this yeah. form four miles every four hours uh, for 48 hours. Uh, and you did this with your, with your friends for a charity and you guys were able to raise quite a large sum of money as well, which was an awesome feat to a good cause as well. Four miles every four hours for 48 hours. That's 12 times four miles. Um, how was it? That, that, that sounds really tough. Yeah, I was, um, um, and then you have to imagine that, that, that I, one, I like running <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. used, and I'm used to running. Um, I, I totally underestimated how tough the, uh, the midnight runs were. Really? And so, okay. we, yeah, we, so we decided, so yeah, so the, the challenge is called uh, four by four by 48. Mm. Um, and then we, we decided to, um, um, to support a, 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 a charity, uh, TWC2 here in Singapore. Um, that is doing amazing work for uh, for transient workers, and um, so we we ended up doing uh, starting on a Friday evening at 8 p.m. Mm. Um, yeah, which means that we we run every four hours. So we had um, 8 p.m. in the evening, uh, 12 a.m., uh, 4 a.m., 8 a.m. And those were sort of the the 12, the 4, and the 8 a.m. runs were, were the most difficult. And I totally underestimated how tough it is to do a run. And I forgot that after you run, yeah, you, you, you use endorphins to your body. You're, you're super energized, yeah. but you have to sleep because you have to prepare for the next run. Of course. It's going to start in four hours. So the, the first run I did at four in the morning, um, like my, my pace was way too high. I was like, oh, I need to slow it down because, you know, it's impossible for me to complete this entire challenge mm -hmm. if, if I don't slow down. But then my body was like, no, no, Mike, you can go, you know, it's only four miles. You can go faster. You can go faster. <laughs> so it was like this constant battle of, yeah, of yeah. Keeping, keeping a low pace, keeping your heart rate down. 
yeah, even you know during those midnight runs, I really looked at I was continuously looking at my heart rate and and making sure it was within a certain bracket, um, so it, it didn't didn't spike spike too high. Sure, sure. And then I, I yeah I noticed for the the, the last the last 12 a.m. run and the last 4 a.m. run, my my heart rate just went to the roof and. <laughs> yeah, I remember coming home for uh, for for a rest. I literally fell on the floor, stayed there for like 15 minutes. It was have like a cold cold marble floor, stayed yeah, there yeah. for 15 minutes, <laughs> just just to cool down my body and uh, and sort of get back to normal. So it it, it took it, it 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 was mentally tough because you're you're sleeping for an hour and a half, get up again, go for a run, um, then back to bed, sleeping for an hour and a half, then go out for a run again. Um, oh. Absolutely, I can oh, yeah. just I can just imagine. How did you manage your your nutrition during that time? Because you couldn't really eat very much, um, no. uh, because the, the 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 rest period is so short, right? And you need to sleep. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. So it was was mainly very very light food. Um, so the the prior to the first run, it was um, a bit of carb loading uh, that I that I kind of uh, used for the first three to four runs. Um, and then it was only very light food for, for the rest of the 48 hours. And then yeah, this is something I just didn't imagine until after, but yeah, in those 48 hours, there, there's like no heavy food whatsoever. So it's more, um, you know, liquids. So rep yeah. replenishing your fluids, um, you yeah, had some light salads, had some salmon, uh, like small pieces of, um, of, of boiled chicken. Uh, but that was basically it because you, your body just is unable to consume any, um, anything else. For for such a, yes, a long period of time, that's awesome, and it, it must have been quite a quite a rewarding uh, moment when you finished the last or the twelfth run, right? Yeah, I mean, apart from apart from the amazing support that we got, you we had like yeah. friends at, at three in the morning sending us text messages like, "Hey guys, come on, keep it going." So that, that was awesome. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, and then you know, the, the, the fundraise, but then then also uh, be, being able to uh, yeah to to complete those runs. So yeah, so basically it was. I think 77 and a half kilometers in those 48 hours. Um, so yeah, I've, I've never done that before. So that was um, um, exhausting, but extremely fulfilling. Of course, and that, that because you know you had a good cause and you had the community support, your friends and all. So, so that uh, must have been like an extra motivation to uh, to do this. Yeah, we, we we eventually we eventually said that you know, <laughs> given all the the money we've raised, we have to finish this. This was literally what we said <laughs> yeah. in the group. Um, so yeah, we, we we made sure that we we all finished um, the the challenge. Of course, of course. Right. So, um, Michael, because as per what I what I read from your from your blog as well, you you have set yourself some goals to um, compete in the Ironman this year as well. Is that going to go on do it because of all the COVID stuff going on? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so unfortunately, no. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So the, of, yeah, of course. Yeah, so for the races in, in March and April were, of course, uh, postponed. I had um, uh, set my mind on doing um, the Hawaii one, the half under five hours, but mm. um, that is postponed until November. Um, and then, you know, I had some discussions at home, so we decided that we will, uh, that I'm going to do the race next year. Uh, okay. So I'm using, I'm using this time uh, to do a lot of training, so a lot of focus training, uh, spending a lot of time on the bike. Um, going to be uh, more time on the pool this, in the pool this week. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, uh, a lot of it is more focus training now um, to get ready for next year. I'm, I'm assuming that I'm not going to do any races for the rest of the year. Okay. 
And, and how does your training regime look like currently? And what types of hours do you uh, train like six times a week and, and so on? Yeah, so I do. Um, so it's funny, I train more hours, but less intense. So what I do now yeah. is, um, um, is, for instance, I do like an hour and a half ride, then, then keep the pace, keep the pace relaxed and easy. Um, so not, not go too fast. And then you know go for go for an easy run after. So it's more mm. um, focus on endurance space than anything else. So I haven't done any um, any super intense rides or uh, or intense runs apart from the run from last week. Sure. Uh, yeah, I haven't done any anything intense. So just keep it keep it more more light. I think. Sure, sure. Um, and do you? Uh, and this is this might be a, a common question to endurance athletes. How do you combine any weight training to your uh, training regime? Um, so good one. So I do um, some light weight training and mm. some core training. Um, I mean, core training is, is crucial. So that's what, what, I, what I tend to do like every day. Um, it's, it's a good question about, about weight training. So I haven't added it to, to, the, to, the, to the schedule. Um, there, there's, kind of, there's kind of pros, pros and cons. Mm. Um, to, to it, it's actually something I should I should um, look for look look for further. Mm -hmm. Okay. So because I've sort of thought about this quite a lot too. That how does how does the because I, I I really love weights and CrossFit and all types of lifting. Um, and then I've, I've sort of thought, okay, so how how does this gel together in terms of how can one like optimally combine the two? And I I know that as as per you mentioned, you know there are the pros and cons to to it. Can't really be the the be an ace in both so you just need to sort of balance it out whatever whatever are your goals in life right so yeah 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 i've i've done um a, just like a little bit of weight because i i noticed that i i lost a bit of weight last year mm. uh just kind of due to a heavier um heavier training schedule and i, I didn't have uh my, my nutrition in order um, so I, I did some I did some weight training just sort of for some for some muscle gain, uh, which which I needed more on the um, on the, uh, the cycling and the swimming side. So, um, but yeah, I, I haven't I haven't added it as a kind of a regular item in my uh, my training regime. Sure, sure. Okay, well that that sort of leads us into um, the nutrition part because of obviously you you train a lot, you do um, these Ironman count competitions and, and, um, massive ch like physical challenges and you lead a very busy life, uh, with, uh, with your family as well and all that. How do you build up your nutrition, um, schedule? Yeah. So I, I typically, um, so usually throughout the year, um, I, I, I typically eat what I feel like. Um, so, so there, I don't have that many that many restrictions in terms mm. of in terms of food. Um, a race, and this is usually about four weeks prior. Yeah, um, it's, it's where I, I literally start start on a on on a diet, um, and and my diets usually focus around uh, proteins because that's that's sort of my um, uh, my my weakness, I would say. Sure. Um, so, so kind of I, I focus in my, my food around uh, around proteins, but I do then also try to um, not do too much meat intake. Um, so I go a bit less less on on meat and, and trying mm -hmm. to find other ways to get to get proteins. Sure, sure. 
Now, um, in terms of that, because I was just thinking that because because how you train and how much of it is actually quite high-consuming workouts as well at the same time. So um, I was just wondering that like like you you probably should be eating quite a lot to sustain um, the the amounts of training you actually do from a caloric perspective at least. Yeah, exactly that. And this would be also my my biggest weak point because uh, mm. I, I typically don't like eating a lot. Uh, but I, I should definitely should definitely eat more. So um, we actually have. So yeah, it's funny that, that you mentioned this. Um, so actually, for the um, the second half of this year, mm. um, yeah, just we're going to try with with our with our uh, nutritionist um, try a bit of a different schedule, which allows me um, to work on yeah just eating a bit more uh, during during my regular days because I do I do tend to burn uh, quite a bit uh, yeah, during my races. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the nutritionist sounds sounds like a great great idea to take it to the next level as well. Obviously, because you, um, yeah, absolutely, such such great goals. Right. So, from nutrition, obviously, to recovery piece again, because it's a whole um, setup for life which you have, which is like fine tuned to to the to the max. Right. Uh, every single aspect of it. How do you ensure you get enough sleep and recover, recovery? And do you have any, uh, do you do mobility? Um, do you do like um, phys- physical therapy or, or whatnot? And do and you do track your sleep, right? Yeah, so for me, it's, it's, um, it's I'm, I'm managing most of it myself. Um, I'm an avid, avid sleep tracker. Um, so I'm very, very conscious of kind of my, my ritual, uh, my rituals prior to going to I, I do spend a lot of time um, like looking at my sleeping hours, um, noting and, and journaling um, how I feel in the morning. Uh, what did I do last night that caused me feeling exhausted in the morning? Could be anything from food, uh, training. Mm. Then yeah, and then I try to use as much data as as I possibly can. And then during the day, so for me, it's um, so the meditating part is very is very important as well. Um, so apart from, you know, the, the kind of the regular stretches, um, sort of meditating is, is important. I haven't done anything, but I was tracking and, and using that data mm. in terms of, even for recovery, um, I, I, I really look at how many hours I sleep, um, and how do I, how do I, um, make sure that I, I'm able to recover faster. Um, it's, it's tough when you're lost. But even then, I'm, I'm very particular about um, which flights I take um, in terms of, for instance, you know, on, on longer flights, I hardly eat. Um, so I use that time uh, to recover and mm. I typically would just drink water and, and, and sleep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because obviously this is something that, that so many people um, uh, you know, neglect quite a lot. It's, it's sleep and recovery as well, but especially the sleep portion too. Um, uh, which is great. So, for which um, a great tool to start measuring it is, is wearable devices as well. So, what types of wearables um, do you uh, do you use in life? Uh, so most most of it is um, uh, is is on Garmin. Yeah. Uh, okay. When it comes to uh, when it comes to tracking. So the only thing I would say is um, I use an app called Auto Sleep um, okay. on my Apple Watch, yeah, which yeah. is specifically for sleep tracking. But otherwise, um, everything is, is done on, um, on on the Garmin watch because I've been just been so used 
Threat ecosystem for like for like a very long time. Of course, of course. Now, in terms of in terms of sleep, um, do you like uh, do you have a set set number of hours that you try to hit every uh, every day? Is it seven eight hours or whatnot? Or? Yeah. So I used to I used to only sleep for I used to only sleep for like four or five hours. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, which is wasn't good because it really it really hurt my body long term. Sure. Um, so I think the last eighteen ish months. Hmm. Um, I've changed that to around seven hours of sleep. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, uh, that's kind of my go to go to sleeping hours for like a, a productive, productive day. Sure. So what, um, how did you uh, notice the, the changes in your body then when you started sleeping more, what were the, uh, what were the implications? Um, so the, the biggest thing is when, when I, when I put my, uh, body on high stress. So if, if I would have like a very intense ride or like a, like a harder run when I kind of push the pace. Uh, for instance, sustaining, you know, a pace, you know, high heart rate, high mm-hmm. cadence, uh, just wasn't possible if, if I didn't get enough sleep hours. And right. specifically because if you, if you have a, like an early training, um, you want to make sure that you're just well rested uh, because you're yeah, waking up, shower, like jump on the bike. Um, it means that, that you, you want to get your body ready like within like a few moments. Uh, and then, yes, it becomes really, really essential to performance. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like sleep is such an integral part of, you know, physical performance, but also mental performance as well. So that, that is just one of these, um, these lifestyle, lifestyle diseases, um, which I think is, is quite prevalent across the world, is that people just don't sleep enough. Um, so that's definitely a good tip, uh, what, what everyone can start focusing on. Yeah, I started reading a book. It's called uh, Why We Sleep. Um, and that was, um, it's just, just such, such a good read on, 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 this, on this subject. And I, it really changed my mind in terms of the impact of, um, the impact of, of sleep on, it's, you know, even driving your car um, to your motivation during the day, uh, your appetite, it just it impacts so much. <laughs> it, it does impact everything, basically. So, uh, yeah, and it, it basically sleeping too little or anything under seven hours on average can actually make you sick uh, in the long term yes. as well. So it's, exactly. sim- it's simple yeah. as that, you know. Uh, it's a it's a great great area to start to um to improve your healthy habits. Now, this discussion has been such an awesome discussion, Michael. I really do uh, appreciate it. And I could go on, uh, you know, diving into the, into the details forever. We'll do that another time. Um, uh, obviously, you are a great motivation to a lot of people, including myself. I do, I do sort of appreciate that, that a lot. Um, what would be your sort of three top tips um, in building healthy habits uh, from your perspective? Um, so I would say the first one is, is uh, I, I always say start small. Um, I, I feel that a lot of people are trying to go from, from zero to 100 in, in, in one week. Um, even if you, know, if you are, um, don't have an active lifestyle and you want to get more active, even like a five kilometer walk every day is a good start. Um, so it doesn't have to be like a immediate doesn't have to be like a run or uh, like exert yourself. You, you, you can just start small. I think that that's, I would say that's, that's one. Um, say the second thing is, um, yeah, ask for help and ask for advice. So um, I, I've seen, unfortunately, a lot of people getting injured fast. 
Um, oh, yeah. And this, this could mean anything from, you know, the, the wrong shoes to, um, you know, the wrong stride or it could be anything. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, get, get advice from people that have done, uh, done this, this for quite a bit. Um, and that's, that's, that, that's just helpful. Um, and then three, make sure that you enjoy it. So um, the, the thing is, like, I hate exercising. Uh, you know, I get it because mm. it's, you have to strain your body. But try to find something that you actually enjoy um or or try to make it fun in in some way by doing you know intervals or uh, doing games or gamify it but find a way to make it fun um because that will make it last as well absolutely and such such an important tip uh tip right there because that that makes it when you're having fun you actually are making it sustainable for yourself uh, for the long term as well and there's there's that, that that as well um where can people follow you michael um instagram twitter LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm, uh, so uh, I think I'm I'm using the same handle everywhere. Okay, <laughs> that's easy. Uh, yes, I'm I'm on I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, just just you know, Michael Lins, and and you'll you'll definitely you'll definitely be able to find me. Fabulous. We'll make sure we'll put that into the show notes of of this episode. Thank you so much, Michael, for uh, for joining us in this episode. Helltilla Weekly number nineteen, becoming superhuman with uh, with Michael Lenz. This has been an excellent, such a deep uh, discussion uh, with Michael. I really do appreciate um, um, all of this. I hope you have uh, gained some value from this episode as well. Do make sure you go into the Apple App Store and Google Play now as well. Download Helltilla. Uh, and start measuring your stress score. Start building those healthy habits completely free today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll speak to you next week. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.